sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A football Friday. Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Football is in the air. The air outside is chilly. It's brisk. It feels like a football Friday, and it certainly is. Live right here on TMA. Over the course of these next two hours, up until 11 a.m. Eastern time, we will set the stage for the Sunday slate in week number two of the National Football League regular season. 13 more games on Sunday. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing to say. We'll talk some college football in the week three Saturday slate as well. We'll check in on Major League Baseball. The Las Vegas Aces in the Connecticut Sun will play a game four of the WNBA Finals in Connecticut on Sunday as well as the Sun avoid elimination last night against Las Vegas. All of that here on a football Friday on the morning after. Week number two of the National Football League regular season is already underway. A huge Thursday night football game last night in Kansas City inside Arrowhead Stadium. And although the final score indicates a close game, it didn't feel all that close for most of the fourth quarter after a huge pick six by Jalen Watson for the Kansas City Chiefs as the Chiefs get the better of their AFC West rival, the Los Angeles Chargers 27-24. But if you want to talk about gutsy, if you want to talk about tough, Justin Herbert looked that part last night, playing through what we assume is a significant rib injury late in that fourth quarter to lead L.A. not to a win, but a backdoor cover because the line came down to just three and a half in favor of the Chiefs. Right before we got the kick last night on a Thursday, the Chargers used that backdoor to cover as a three and a half point underdog. A total that came down to 52 in a hook, down by two points from its peak at 54 and a half just two days ago. It barely stays under as well. Of course, we have the quarterback comparison between the new wave, between two quarterbacks within the AFC West and really all of the NFL that should be here for a decade Plus, in the two matchups that we have seen now, the four matchups between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in their careers have been sensational. All four now decided by single digits. Patrick Mahomes last night, only 235 through the air, well under his passing yards prop of 295 in a hook. Justin Herbert, though, over 279 and a half, going 33 of 48, 334 yards, three touchdowns, but a costly interception. And let's focus on that pick six. It was Jalen Watson, a very late round draft pick, a rookie cornerback for the Chiefs out of Washington State, filling in for another rookie in Trent McDuffie, who got the start last week against Arizona and looked impressive. McDuffie from Washington. You have Jalen Watson from Wazoo, and he makes one of the biggest plays of the game, maybe the most crucial moment of that entire game last night on a Thursday in KC. The Chargers driving at the one-yard line. Jalen Watson picks off Justin Herbert after Gerald Everett looks absolutely gassed, and he takes it 99 yards the other way for the pick six. It was the first of its kind 
in NFL history where a pick six occurred in the fourth quarter of a tied football game inside the red zone. So history last night in the National Football League in Kansas City for the Chiefs and the Chargers, courtesy of the rookie, Jalen Watson filling in in a big way, a 99-yard touchdown interception return. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of a football Friday. Live on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So that quarterback comparison was front and center last night. We saw some vintage Patrick Mahomes making plays that only he can. We saw Justin Herbert absolutely slinging it, even with a rib injury late in that football game. The throws that these two quarterbacks can make are really unrivaled across the National Football League, except maybe for Aaron Rodgers at this point. We saw Justin Herbert do that late, finding Josh Palmer in the back of the end zone after finding DeAndre Carter for an absolute strike on fourth down for that backdoor cover for Los Angeles. But we discussed this leading into the game. No Keenan Allen ruled out last night with a hamstring injury for LA. So who was going to step up? We saw Big Mike Williams do that in a big way last night. Shout out to our associate producer, Andrew Bacigalupo, all over that anytime TD prop for Mike Williams. Eight grabs last night, 113 yards and a touchdown. Also his longest reception of the evening, 39 yards. Austin Eckler, a dynamic piece of that LA offense, 94 combined yards last night, 39 rushing yards, 55 receiving yards, just four, uh, four shy of that prop. Josh Palmer, a touchdown. Ryan Williams laid out that anytime TD price for you. On the other side, Travis Kelsey, just five grabs, 51 yards. But CEH, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, is off to a big start this season. 118 total yards yesterday against the Chargers. But we discussed this game from the big picture perspective as well. Although it was only week two, although it was a Thursday night football game, the significance of last night meant a ton for the AFC West divisional race. And we see that updated in the odds on this football Friday morning. KC entered as the favorites to win the division at plus 135, but now the Chiefs a minus money price at minus 105. The Chargers were only 45 cents behind the Chiefs in those divisional odds entering last night. They moved back now to plus 260. And the Chiefs, only a dollar behind the Bills in the AFC title market. The Chargers now the fourth best price at plus 850. Mike Blewett joins the show to go through the week two slate of the National Football League season up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Mike Blue joins the show right here on a football Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid. Mike Blewett, one of the most foremost minds of football here on the grid. The host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, leading into those early kicks to set the stage for your Sunday slate. Blewett, thank you for joining us here on the morning after on this football Friday. Thanks, buddy. Good times. Uh, always good to be here on a football Friday. Nice game last night that we got to watch. And uh, you're right. We had a lot of fun at pro football today in week one. And hopefully we keep the momentum going into week two. 
we got to watch and also got to bet and use a couple of free wagers provided by the great FanDuel Sportsbook to find some profitability. That's what big money blew it. Did last night on a Thursday in Kansas City blew it. What was your takeaway, not just from your same game parlay, but last night's game in KC? You know, Ben, the important thing to note is that bets are never dead until they are dead. And this one, until the last drive, was not a winner. Uh, The Chargers' last drive, I got the Josh Palmer touchdown late and a few extra receiving yards from Eckler to put me over the top. Uh, The Chiefs did get the W there. I bet the Chiefs' money line because I did not like the spread. I thought it would be a tight game, so that was key for me to winning that. But you're right, FanDuel, a little free roll right there. I'm happy to take it, uh, do a little bit of damage with it. As far as the game was concerned, obviously we'll see how Justin Herbert is impacted by getting beat up a little bit last night. Uh, it was really just a, a, a crazy two plays in a row where he's in so much pain he doesn't realize he could have walked or fallen over the first down line on third down. He just threw the ball away. And then to throw an absolute missile 40 yards down yeah. the field the next play, I think just says a lot about why people are so fascinated by his talent. Yeah, the pick six was obviously a bad play, but... I think if you're a Chargers fan, you're always going to feel like you're in the game until the last minute because of him. Uh, on the flip side, Mahomes, I, I people seem to, anytime a player is at the top of the mountaintop, there are always going to be people that are trying to knock them off. It's true of players, teams, inside and outside of football and sports in general. There's always going to be people that say, ah, you know, he's really not that great, and look at all these mistakes that he's made. But the reality for me with Mahomes is that what I said about Herbert is true to the nth degree with Mahomes. They didn't play great in the first half, and they were only down three points. And credit to the Amazon crew, they were saying they've gotten really badly outplayed in the first half, but they're only down three, and Patrick Mahomes is on their team. And sure enough, he got things going. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a little bit of juice now for that team. And even though there's some receivers – like Juju Smith-Schuster that we haven't seen anything from yet, uh, I give them a lot of credit. I'm concerned more about the Chiefs' defense, but they put some heat on Justin Herbert last night, so that was actually encouraging. KC now a minus-105 favorite to win the AFC West division, which would be their seventh straight divisional crown. All right, Blue, it's some disappointing results for some teams around the league in week number one, but some bounce-back opportunities perhaps in week number two. Mike Blewett never disappoints. So we'll rattle through a couple of big games here. Blewett, the defending Super Bowl champs at home as a two and a half point underdog last Thursday night. Did not live up to that hype against the Buffalo Bills. The Rams now a nine and a half point favorite this week at home against the Falcons. Do you expect a bounce back from LA and Sean McVay? I think it's a pretty fascinating week in general, Ben. When you look down the slate, there's some big spreads of teams that didn't really impress in week one. Uh, Obvious reasons for the Bengals-Cowboys situation, but this is another one uh, with the uh, Broncos and the Texans are another one, and then this game, obviously, uh, the Rams and the Falcons. I do expect them to play a lot better. I am I'm tempted to take the Rams, but to watch them play the way they played and then have have them laying nearly double digit points is a scary thing. What concerns me on the Falcons side is I actually do like the way Arthur Smith coaches, and I do think they stayed in a lot of games last year and won some games last year that they shouldn't have. And last week 
was obviously a tough fourth quarter performance, but again, in that game to the last minute against the Saints. What concerns me with bad teams, Ben, and we don't expect the Falcons to have a great season, is we saw this with the Lions last year. They fought hard in a lot of games, and when they lost some heartbreakers, like the Falcons did last week, they dumped the next game by a lot. I think it's hard. I think it's very discouraging for teams that feel like they're already underwater to bounce back from a close one and play against a, a far superior team, which we think the Rams will be. It's still a little scary for me to lay the nine and a half, but I just don't yeah. know how the Falcons are going to compete here. I think the Rams will get a little bit more going offensively in week two. This was a double-digit spread just yesterday. Ten and a half in favor of Los Angeles. Now down by a point within ten at nine and a hook. I will say this about the Falcons. Covering last week at home as a five and a half point underdog against the Saints. They were up by 16 early in the fourth quarter, however. But Atlanta last year, not great as a dog. Three, seven, and one against the spread. Let's continue in the NFC West. A divisional showdown for Trey Lance's home debut in 2022 in Santa Clara on Sunday. The Niners blew it, an eight and a half point favorite against those Seahawks that won outright last week in a hugely emotional game as a six and a half point home underdog. How do you approach this divisional matchup with a big spread now? The Niners laying eight and a half points. Yeah, another one, same trend we were just talking about, right? The disappointing team going against the divisional opponent in this instance. I think this is one of the more difficult ones. I I am tempted to back the Niners here, but I'm just too concerned about the eight and a half point spread. I, I, I think the Seahawks could have a huge emotional letdown going into week two, and the Niners obviously need to tighten batten down the hatches after a disastrous performance in Chicago. But Ben, don't you don't you feel like you just throw out the Chicago Niners game? Like at the yeah. end of the year, we'll say, oh, you remember that crazy uh, monsoon that the Niners and the Bears played in? It's not dissimilar in some ways. I'm not saying that they're this level of team necessarily yet. But the Bills Patriots game from last year, we had absurd wind yeah. conditions. Everybody the, the Patriots ran the ball on every play except for three. And they came out with a win. Just couldn't deal with the conditions. I think this very that's how we're probably looking to approach the Niners game. But it's hanging out there that Trey Lance has not played well yet. So we're going to have to consider that as we assess this game. I do think the Niners can dominate this game. I'm going to look for some. I've looked for some other angles, Trey Lance props and others. Uh, We have to really see if Kittle is going to be good to go, but it's not sounding good at the moment. I'm just a little concerned about laying eight and a half points to a divisional opponent, but I I do think the Niners will dominate. We'll get to our triple option in just a few moments here. One of the angles I looked at was the Seattle team total under. It was the look I had last week for the Niners against those Bears, and Chicago ended up going over despite a scoreless first half. The Seahawks were scoreless in the second half, A little bit of a letdown offensively, I think, is in store against a really talented San Francisco defensive front. But it was 15 and a half for the Seattle Seahawks, so I stayed away. But the Seahawks, the only team in the NFC West division to record a win in the opening week 
of the NFL season. The Rams remain the favorites, though, at plus 115. Blew it quickly here. Just about 45 seconds left in this segment. Sunday night football. The Green Bay Packers against those Chicago Bears. The Packers home opener in Lambeau. They're laying nearly 10. Nine and a half at home. Maybe one of the least impressive performances of week one coming out of Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. What do you expect for a response? I expect a big bounce back, not not unlike last year where they, they got blown out in week one against the Saints last year and they were able to bounce back and obviously uh, rip off 13 wins on the season. I think they come back in a big way. Of all the big spreads coming up this week, I, I'm debating whether or not I like the Rams or the Packers more. It's going to be interesting to see who owns who. We'll find out in Wisconsin on Sunday night. Aaron Jones, the only player with a minus money anytime TD prop. We'll look at props, sides, and totals in the triple option up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Each and every football Friday, when Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, is here live on the morning after, you know we have to do one thing. That's establish the run. It is our credo here on a football Friday on TMA. The triple option for your Sunday NFL week number two slate. Our favorite side, total, and prop of the weekend. Blewett, a couple of the props, a little bit slow to come out this weekend, unfortunately, but we can estimate to the best of our ability. But we start with your favorite side of the weekend. Which game and which team are you targeting? So there are so many games, a few of which we just talked about, with larger spreads. I'm really just trying to hone in on the team that I just think has the best chance to win. And based on the week one performance, I just really did not like the way the Jets looked. I think they still Mm -hmm. look very disorganized. And I think the Browns coming off a nice emotional win, I think they kind of get back to business and will try to uh, literally establish the run. I think you, uh, you're you going to allude to it a little bit later in terms of Nick yep. Chubb's possibilities. But I do like the Browns here. I, and it's just not me pounding on the Jets and just saying, oh, you can win any bet that you place against the Jets. I just think that they're in a good position yep. right now. The Browns are going up against the Jets team that offensively – is broken. There's a bunch of teams that I think are going to struggle offensively this week, and the Jets might be near the top of the list. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for New York. A six and a half point road underdog in Cleveland, and it's a new field for the Browns. Brownie the Elf makes his debut at the 50 yard line. I don't know if that was part of your handicap, Lewitt, but maybe something to keep in mind. So I'll go to my prop here a little bit out of order because it does have to do with this game and that idea of establishing the run in the triple option. Now, Nick Chubb last week for the Cleveland Browns against the Panthers, 22 carries, 141 yards, averaging nearly six and a half yards per carry. He didn't have a touchdown. If you had him on your fantasy lineup, you watched Kareem Hunt score two total touchdowns, you're probably PO'd. But I don't really care about that for his rushing yards prop, which is not out as of yet. And Blue, and I think we saw the game plan for the Cleveland Browns with Jacoby Brissett 
under center. They ran the football 39 times last week against Carolina. It was tied for the most in the league with last year's leading rushing offense in the Philadelphia Eagles. And when you look at Nick Chubb specifically, he had 80 or more yards nine times last year, five times going over the century mark. If it's around the middle 80s for this rushing yards prop against the Jets, I think it's a really, really good look. Now, New York was good defensively against a good Ravens rushing offense. I think Baltimore has some things to figure out. They held Baltimore to only 63 yards per game on the ground, but last year, New York blew it. The fourth worst rushing defense, giving up nearly 140 yards per game on the ground. I think we see that steady diet of Nick Chubb and even Kareem Hunt, but the running game will be big for Cleveland, I think, on their way to covering as less than a touchdown favorite, hopefully allowing Nick Chubb to have somewhere around 85, 86 yards, if that's where the prop ends up being. Yeah, good stuff on that one. I'll t- I'll go over to my total right now, and I played it a little bit similarly to you in terms of how I approach this. There's a lot of team totals, and Ben, you and I spoke about it during the break, yeah. where we think offenses are going to struggle. The Bears, the Jets, the Seahawks, maybe even Atlanta. But those team totals for the game are really low. And I, it, when it starts really to get below 17 points and the expectation is to score 15 and a half or 16 and a half points, it's going to make me more, a lot more gun shy than if it was 18 and a half or 19 and a half. It's a big difference and a big key number. 17 points can happen in garbage time pretty easily. Uh, what I will say, though, is I do like Aaron Rodgers, at, similar to how it happened last year. To get the offense back on track, I think they get off to a good start. So you have the Packers' first half team total at 13-and-a-half. A A couple of touchdowns. We'll get one from A.J. Dillon. We'll get one from hopefully one of the receivers if Alan Lazard is able to play or maybe Big Bob Tunyon. I just think they get in the end zone a couple of times in the first half and they distance themselves from the Bears over the course of the game. All right, so let's do this a little bit out of order. Our apologies here for the triple option, but Blewett just leads me into my next points. And Blewett, I think it's a fantastic point you bring up about the Packers. They haven't been great out of the gates under Matt LaFleur in three of his four season openers. The Packers have combined to score just 20 points. Three last year, seven last week against the Minnesota Vikings. So I expect a bounce back, much like I do for the LA Rams. In both of these spreads, in the games that Blewett and I are alluding to, are nine and a half points in favor of the home team on Sunday. The Packers laying nine in a hook. Sunday night football in Lambeau against the Bears. The Rams now a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Falcons. So instead of laying that big number, expecting a 10 point or more victory, I look at the Rams in the first half for their team total. It's at 14. And the Rams had the seventh highest scoring offense in the opening two quarters last year, nearly averaging 13.3 points per game. And when you look at the Falcons a season ago, although they were good against the Saints in the first half last week, the Falcons had the sixth worst scoring defense in the first half, giving up nearly 13 points per game. I expect the Rams to start hot. I expect the Rams can score at least two touchdowns and at the worst blew it it is a push on that first half total so I like the way that both of you and I are approaching those big spreads for those bounce back spots that you see up and down the slate 
on this Sunday. Blew it a quick aside here from our triple option, and then we'll go into your prop. Another area for those bounce-back opportunities, the Denver Broncos in Russ's home opener, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against the Texans. How do you break down that matchup? Would you lay the nine-and-a-hook with the Broncos expecting that bounce-back under Russ? I generally expect it, but Ben, I had one issue with this team going into the year. I have a lot of faith in Russell Wilson. For all the people that doubt him, I think they're crazy. I still think he's right up there as a top five QB, even with all the weird off-field stuff. I don't really care when we're talking about betting games and trying to figure out how to handicap this. I think Russ is a possibility, but when it is a possibility to really do a lot of damage this year, potentially make the playoffs, challenge for the division. All of those things I thought were on the table. But when I started mapping out my playoff teams going into this season, I still had them on the outside looking in. And it's not because of Russ or any of the talent they have. I had real questions about Nathaniel Hackett being able to handle all of this in a transitional year with a new quarterback and everything else. I'm not going to lambaste the guy for what happened on Monday. He admits it was a huge mistake, but these things have to be remedied quickly. He lost his all-pro safety now, who's on IR. We'll see how long he's out, but that's a loss already. Can he bounce back from that? I'm not saying that they're going to lose this game, but I to for me to start laying points when I don't know if a coach has a grasp of the job yet is a lot to ask for. Yeah, the Texans are far inferior in talent but I just can't be laying eight and a half points with a team with no proven track record with the Packers and the Rams we've seen them bounce back before this version of this Broncos team we haven't ever seen it and we'll say this about the Houston Texans they have now been an underdog dating back to the start of last season in 17 of 18 games they are nine and eight against the spread they can cover numbers even if they are not going to win this game outright and they had a golden opportunity for a divisional win last week but the Broncos defense blew it that was the second best scoring unit in the league a season ago it's a change with Vic Fangio no longer the head man there in the mile high city I understand but they looked a lot better and got to Geno Smith a lot more in that second half holding Seattle scoreless on Monday night all right back to the triple option blew it your favorite prop for the week two Sunday slate I think that uh, Christian McCaffrey obviously is a key part of this offense. He's the whole offense at times. And even though the Giants did a relatively good job of containing Derrick Henry, just the 82 yards, I believe it was, on over 20 carries, they still did allow 93 yards rushing. I think Christian McCaffrey, even though I am more like, I'm more often going to take his receiving prop or his total yardage prop. In this instance, I think the number is low enough that I like it. 59 and a half to go over the rushing yards number. Uh, Like you said, we don't have an entire listing of props yet. I think as the pass attempt props come out on certain sites, you should take a look at that. Ben and I spoke about that at length last week. But I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey gets the rock enough against the Giants to get over 60 yards rushing. Herbert last night blew 37 and a half was his passing attempts prop, even with a broken rib, perhaps. And we don't speculate yeah. on injuries. He threw the ball 48 times. It's a great yeah. market to look at. I think that game is going to be fascinating, Blue. The Giants now only a point and a half 
home favorite in MetLife on Sunday. Saquon Barkley's rushing yards prop, 77 and a half. He had a buck 64 week number one, 83.3% of the snaps for Brian Dayball in that offense. He was out there a ton, a ton of volume potentially expected for Saquon now as a part of this New York offense. All right, now as we have gone all through the triple option, I'll finish with my side, Blewett. Duval County, Jacksonville, Florida, is a house of horrors for the Indianapolis Colts. Indy has not won in Jacksonville, Blewett, since the 2014 season. That is now a seven-game losing streak. And our final triple option of the regular season last year, the Indianapolis Colts were a 15-and-a-half-point road favorite. 15-and-a-half-point road favorite against Jacksonville. All they needed to do was win outright to get into the postseason. And what did Carson Wentz and the Colts do? They lost by two touchdowns. Carson Wentz is no longer in Indianapolis. It is now Matt Ryan. But I still can't get that taste out of my mouth. And since 2014 blew it, Jacksonville is actually 24-22-2 and two against the spread in divisional games. That's a 52.2% cover percentage. I can't believe I'm uttering these words. Jacksonville Moneyline Sunday. Mike Blewett, have fun on pro football today, huh? Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. It starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. We're continuing looking at the Week 2 slate next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are many consistents in our life here on a football Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159. As we know that through the fall, as we get to the middle of February, we will have NFL football games each and every Sunday. We also know that when called upon, Mike Blewett will stick around on a football Friday on TMA. So Mike Blewett is back for a third consecutive segment to look at some of the other games across this week to slate. Blewett. You are the man. We appreciate I you greatly. So, I am. Oh, I like that. I am all, right. all right. He is back. He is back. All right. So, let's go to a couple of the games that we had not hit on. But one final point, Blewett, that I think we should express about the Panthers and the Giants this weekend. New York just a point and a half favorite, but a big game for Carolina that lost the Baker Bowl last week and now goes on the road 0-1 not favored to win in MetLife as a point and a half underdog although a short spread yeah so coming into this year I, I don't think anybody would disagree that Matt Rule is on the hottest seat in the NFL as far as head coaching positions are concerned there's been a lot of talk about David Tepper the owner and Matt Rule not really being on the same page you had the issue with Joe Brady being fired in the middle of the season last year an offensive coordinator where they didn't have a tight relationship with, so it was a questionable hire just from a chemistry standpoint. But here they are, they're 0-1. They lose on the walk, basically walk-off field goal from Cade York, and now they're going up against the Giants. If they don't win this weekend, here's their upcoming schedule. They host the Saints, the Cardinals, the Niners. Then they go to L.A. to play the Rams. Then they have the Tampa Bay Bucks. There is a bunch of home games but the talent level is obviously difficult. They'll go to Atlanta and then at Cincinnati and Atlanta again before they play the Ravens and the Broncos. That's all heading into their bye week. I don't know that they're going to be favored in any of the games outside of the Atlanta games, 
and it could get really dark really quickly if they lose this game and then go on a little bit of a slide. It's entirely possible that this could be an 0-6 football team, and Matt Rule will not be the coach if that happens. So uh, it's a difficult hand for them to be dealt in a year where they needed to see results. They had a six and a half win total in the preseason. The under had the juice. If this slide does occur following a second loss in a row this week in MetLife, we might see that under come into play. Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Blewett, let's run through a couple of the games here. The Cardinals and the Raiders, two teams that could use that bounce back opportunity in Vegas the Raiders' home opener of the 2022 campaign. And Las Vegas, a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cards. So, Blewett, it's a pretty simple question with maybe a more difficult answer. Who gets their first win of the season on Sunday? I do like the Raiders here to get the win. It's a very crooked number right now at five-and-a-half. On Pro Football Today on Sunday, shout-out to Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider that's on our show at 1225 every week. Uh, 1225 Eastern, as well as on Scott Farrell's Coast to Coast during the week. And he did say, going into that game, that the Chiefs were at a serious advantage over the Cardinals, who were missing just a lot of players, not just DeAndre Hopkins, but J.J. Watt and others that were banged up. They were just missing a lot of players. Rondale Moore, obviously, was out as well. And we need to see if that's going to be the case again heading into this week. If they're down a bunch of players again, Raiders have a clear advantage. I think straight up, I like the Raiders to get this done, even if they get some talent back. I don't doubt the Cardinals that much, but they're not the same team as they were a year ago. And I think that's going to, it's probably going to be a rude awakening for Kyler not getting off to a good start for the first time in his career. They've done a good job with Cliff and Kyler getting off to good starts, but I think they could be 0 2 here. I'm worried about the five and a half number, uh, but I do like the Raiders to get the win. All right, we'll continue going through, Blewett, because you bring up a great point about that quarterback position last week, Derek Carr and Kyler Murray, and we'll get more from Mike Blewett on Sunday on Pro Football Today. Blewett, again, thank you for sticking with us here on this Football Friday on TMA. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon, and uh, please watch on Sunday, folks you know that I will be tuning in. It was on Pro Football Today that I heard Mike Blewett and Kevin Walsh discuss with the Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow, Michael Thomas' return for the Saints. It caused me to go to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Look at Michael Thomas' receiving yards prop. Bet the over in cash. That's what PFT can bring to your life as well. And that's what Chantel Chand hopes to bring us here from FanDuel on this Football Friday as well. Chantel, thank you for joining us here on this Friday, on the morning after, we're having some technical difficulties with Chantel Chan there. I'll continue going through stuff here as we get ready for week number two of the National Football League regular season. So as we were discussing a little bit, that week one quarterback comparison for two teams in the Cardinals and the Raiders that need that bounce back spot, looking to respond after starting the season with an opening loss. The Cardinals at home as a five and a half point underdog, not even covering that number against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders on the road in a divisional showdown in Los Angeles against the Chargers, not covering as a three and a half point dog, although making it interesting late there in the fourth quarter. So who gives us more this week from the quarterback spot? Is it Derek Carr, or is it 
Kyler Murray. Last week, Kyler, 22 of 34. Here are the NFL MVP odds. We'll get to those in just a second. We have Chantel Chan now here from FanDuel joining us to look forward to this week two NFL slate. Chantel, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Football Friday. When you were here in the offseason, Chantel, you were highlighting Derek Carr and what he might be able to do in that MVP value spot for the Raiders this year. What did you see in week one? Although a loss for Las Vegas, that connection between Derek Carr, his former college teammate, his new wide receiver teammate in Devontae Adams. Well, I still like Derek Carr for that MVP pick, and I know that week one didn't look good, but as you saw for the Raiders, that O-line was absolutely terrible. So the fact of the matter is, if Derek Carr can help the Raiders win more than eight and a half games, which is where their win total is set, I think he'll definitely be in the running. And you saw target Devontae Adams 17 times this past weekend. So I think they're going to have a big game against the Cardinals this upcoming Sunday. And he's still one of my favorites to win it but I also see value with Lamar Jackson who's a plus 1800 and as you know when he won MVP in 29 he had a great season I think he's going to have an even better year and he can definitely combine when it comes to passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns to have more than 40 this year so I like Lamar Jackson I think there's lots of value there as well Lamar Jackson in a contract year, a huge game for Baltimore after starting off 1-0, the home opener for the flock this season, hosting the Dolphins, another 1-0 team in Baltimore right now, a three and a half point favorite. I just checked the rushing yards prop this morning for Lamar Chantel for the game against the Finns. It's at 54 and a half. Lamar Jackson, less than 20 rushing yards in week number one of course though we go from a young exciting quarterback to an old but still relatively exciting quarterback in the 45 year old Tom Brady a big game for the Bucs Chantel on the road against a divisional opponent in the Saints this week Tampa a two and a half point favorite against the New Orleans Saints Tom Brady beat the Saints in his first year in Tampa Bay in the postseason, but in all four regular season divisional matchups against New Orleans in his time with the Bucs Tom Brady Oh, and four. Chantel, can he change that on the road this weekend in the Big Easy? Looks like we're having some technical difficulties there with Chantel. We'll hope to get her back here on the show. So, we, oh, is that Chantel there? I'm just going to take it from here just to let everybody know what we're doing. Unfortunately, some technology issues, but that's how it goes at times. So, Tom Brady in his career with the Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints as we shared a one and four overall record but winless in the regular season oh and four against New Orleans with eight touchdowns to eight interceptions and less than 250 passing yards per game as we roll through here on the morning after live on this football Friday on sports grid I believe Chantel Chand is now back Chantel I was asking you about the Buccaneers yes. and the Saints Tampa a two and a half point road favorite what do you expect out of this nfc south divisional showdown well you kind of mentioned it before we had those technical difficulties but they're playing on the road in new orleans and the saints d i mean i don't think they had a great game last week right but this is a stack defense marcus davenport demario davis marcus Tay, the and i just think that, that they are absolutely stacked. Uh, great guy, Jack 
Barrett looked really good as well. But I think Winston is going to get stacked a lot this game with Donovan Smith and Chris Godwin, which I think is absolutely huge. But I Still think having some of those technology issues. Sorry, Chantel. We're kind of breaking up a little bit through the connection there. But we'll look at this game in terms of the NFC South. As well, again, divisional opponents. Tom Brady has struggled against the Saints in the division. And even in the Super Bowl year for Tampa Bay in 2020, it was the Bucs not winning the division, earning a wild card spot, and still making their way to the Super Bowl. There you see the career stats for Tom Brady as a Buccaneer against the New Orleans Saints. But this year, the Bucs, after winning the division for the first time since the early 2000s, last season trying to go back to back as divisional champions in the box a minus 290 price now to win the nfc south they had the best odds of any team before the year got underway to win any division in the national football league they were a minus 270 price it came down right before week number one to minus 230 tied for the best odds of any divisional favorite with the buffalo bills now it's Buffalo at minus 300 to win the AFC East and the Bucks at minus 290 to win the NFC South. So technically the second best price at this moment. But as we know, the markets love the Buffalo Bills. Let's go to an intriguing game at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh on Sunday with the line continuing to move between the Steelers and the New England Patriots as we get ready for week number two on this Sunday slate. The Steelers now a two and a half point home underdog against the New England Patriots and examine that total 40 and a half it is the second lowest of the slate only the Jets and the Browns in Cleveland on Sunday with a 39 and a half for the over under has a lower total at this moment what are we going to see out of the Patriots offense well it appears Mac Jones will be healthy and out there for the Pats on Sunday but they only put up seven points last week in the opener on the road in South Beach against Miami and that was the concern for New England entering this season Matt Patricia calling plays Joe Judge helping out was it Bill Belichick the overlord of it all well it wasn't a great debut for that New England offense in week number one now the Steelers won outright as a seven and a half point underdog on the road against the Bengals in that wild overtime game this past Sunday in Cincy. Chris Boswell, a 53-yard field goal to win the game for the Steelers. And as we look at the Steelers as an underdog, last year, 7-5 and five against the spread as a dog, but six of those seven covers outright wins. And they followed suit to start off 2022 last week on a Sunday against the Bengals. I'm just saying the market continues to undervalue Pittsburgh a little bit in my mind. A team with a seven and a half win total before the year, despite the fact they have gone over for the last 15 consecutive seasons. Maybe we're seeing that slightly here in the odds for the Steelers game on Sunday against the New England Patriots. We round out our number one of the morning after on this football Friday with Fade the Public up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one the morning after live right here on this football Friday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 1. 
59. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. We're feeling good on this football Friday as we set the stage for week number two in the Sunday slate of your NFL regular season. Week number two already underway last night in Kansas City. Now, it might not have been the most impressive offensive performance from the Chiefs, especially in that opening half last night in Arrowhead. But as the broadcast crew said, and as we all watched, the Chiefs were only down by three. And again, not the most impressive game for the Chiefs, but they still won, picking up a huge divisional victory to start off their season in the AFC West against the Los Angeles Chargers. And the odds reflected that. The Chiefs now minus 105, a minus money price for the first time this year and all of the offseason to win the division for a seventh consecutive year. So where do you think the Chiefs will go in 2022? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. So the three options laid out for how far will the Kansas City Chiefs go this season, a team that has hosted the AFC Championship game each of the past four years were the playoffs, AFC title once again, or the Super Bowl. And I have to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised by the answers to this Fade the Public poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. I thought with some of the optimism after last night and what we have seen out of the Chiefs the first two weeks of this year, more of the public would start to buy into Kansas City once again than we saw with those offseason odds that had all the optimism for the Chargers and the Broncos, not the Chiefs, who have won the AFC West yet again for six consecutive seasons. Because the public right now, 43%, the leading vote-getter, thinks the Chiefs are just a playoff team and nothing more than that. All right, we'll see how that goes the rest of the way. Hour number two of the morning after on this football Friday is up next. We'll talk some college football. We'll do Benny and the Bets. We'll go around Major League Baseball and some final NFL thoughts as well. Stay with us live right here on Sportsbook.